It's the Process Podcast, episode 576. It is Monday, December 11th. Um, two weeks until Christmas Day, which is very exciting. Um, yeah. how, how was your how was your weekend, Zach? Uh, it was good. It was needed. Last week, uh, <laughs> work was pretty busy. So Yeah. Yes. How many hours do you think you put in? Uh... I mean, it was a few extra hours, usually pretty much most of the nights. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. But then, but then it's like, then it's like, you know, the hours of driving after as well to get home. So it feels even longer than it, than it was. So. Yeah. Whatever you work in a work day, add two, two and a half hours to that for yeah. commuting time. Yeah. And that just, that drags. Yeah. It just makes That's it feel like fun. an extra eight hours, you know? Yeah. It, so. It was in in effect. It was probably more like an extra 10, 12 hours of driving throughout the throughout the week. Definitely a few, yeah. What was the latest you got home last week? Um eight something. Oh. Nine maybe, nine something. At least driving back is probably a bit a it's bit not better at that too time. bad. It's not as quiet as you'd think, but no. it was it was definitely better. Yeah, it was definitely better. Than like that's one thing four. I don't miss about driving back from Humber is having to drive to and from Humber. Yeah. And I would always time it to like leave at seven so that I'm on the 407 at off peak hours. Yeah. So it's like half the price. Um, and I thought for sure, I'm like seven o'clock by then, like rush hours done. It's probably going to be pretty quiet. And the first time I drove home, I was just appalled at how busy <laughs> it still was. Yeah. For some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the time. I think the the most speaking of Christmas, the most quiet I've ever seen the roads was Christmas Day when we drove from Waterloo to Aurora last year. We were on the four hundred seven from uh like the four hundred one up until the four hundred four, which is like forty k's, forty five kilometers basically, and saw two cars the entire time. That's crazy. It was nuts. And uh, the 401, even still at like five in the morning on Christmas Day, still had a fair bit of traffic going. It was very surprising. Yeah. But that's uh, that's just life, living in and near a big city. Uh, do you have any, any Christmas plans or anything like that? Um, you guys don't really do a whole lot for Christmas. No, I think you mean is both want a pretty chill time off she's busy with school mm-hmm. I've, work's been busy for me so i think we're both looking forward to just like chilling and doing nothing to be honest yeah yeah that's probably the i think we're gonna probably do something similar definitely not as 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 busy as the both of you but enjoying making good use of the time off yeah. and and just relaxing i think is going to be a very worthwhile yeah, experience is needed fuck been crazy the last little few months so yeah just working yourself ragged it feels time after time after time yeah and you don't take very much vacation either so 
No, I haven't. Definitely, uh, no, I got to use it. them. I'm, I'm thinking of maybe seeing if I could book off the week after that we have off for Christmas. Oh, like the first week of January? Yeah. So I'd have like two weeks off. That would be nice. I'm gonna. I'm, Will your vacation days carry over? Uh, yeah, our vacation days reset on the month that we started working. Oh, that's kind of nice. Like our our sick days, our paid sick days reset on the calendar year, and then, mm-hmm. as far as I know, the vacation days reset on the month we started. So mine would be February. That's um, right. So when that was reset, I have to use those days to book off the Singapore trip. Um, that's right. But I've still, I think I think I still got like, like I only used three this year, wow. so I've got like seven. So I'm I might take, and I think New Year's is on the Monday, right? So mm-hmm. I could take four days. So I'd have yeah. two consecutive weeks off, and I still have another three days. And you could book off the the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then just go into work Thursday, Friday. I if you even if you really wanted to. I I, I was thinking about being really cheeky and see if I could do like <laughs> like our our last day is twenty third. I think it would be, right? The twenty third is a Saturday. Oh, twenty twenty second is the Friday. Twenty second is Friday. Um I was like, ooh, I, our model model we're working on is due on the twentieth on the Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, I could take two more of those days. I wonder if I could get the Thursday and the Friday and then and into Ooh. and then we have the week off and then take an extra four days and that's the extra week off. And then I still have like a day somewhere else. Like, I'm like, do I try? Oh, but yeah. that seems that seems, you know, you could just say you're going away for Christmas. No one's got to know. That's true. I mean, it's vacation days. Either you're traveling. Yeah, okay. it's vacation days either way. You're you're entitled to do with them what you want. Yeah. So I, that's the thing. Yeah. So I was, I was thinking about seeing if I can pull off something like that. Cause that'd be, that'd be pretty sick. It'd be an early start to the break and then like double the length of the break. It'd be like in school when we would finish the semester on like December 7th or December 8th and have like four weeks off, (laughs) have four weeks off and not come back to school until like the ninth or the 10th. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on when the classes started for the second semester. See that be would sick. be that would just be top tier, all the way around. Yeah, that would be pretty I got, nice. I got like a video pushed to me from my OneDrive the uh, the other day, and it was a video of us all in the shop like the last night before the BRP project was due, mm. and I think you guys were working on your clay cars because they were due either the same day or the day after. No, they were they would have been due. No, your guys your guys has changed. It got pushed like the week during the Christmas break, I think. It got pushed, I, yeah. Yeah, it got Because I came in after having my wisdom teeth taken out to watch those mm. critiques. If I'm remembering correctly. I still have that hard drive full of, of clay footage. Mm. Um, oh, shit. Of, every, of everyone's car. That I should go through again just to see what's there, but. It's been so long now that I don't, I'm scared. I don't, I don't even remember the password to that, um, hard drive, which is a little problematic. That is pretty I've got to back that up somewhere, but yeah. Um, I do have some things for this week though, to talk about. I continued to update my website 
dylantorville.com. And I'm trying to set up a redirect so that when someone types in Strange Kanga Studios, it redirects to my main website because I have that domain as well. But I haven't been able to get it to work successfully. And I don't quite know why. I've, uh, oh, never mind. Now it works. I just tried it. All right. So disregard that whole thing. Um, but I've, uh, I've added two, uh, I don't know what you would call it. Series of works, I guess, to the website where one is, um, it's like a series of watercolor paintings that I did of Kangasaurs as different animals. And then another one, um, of just like pen and ink drawings of various Kangasaurs. I scanned them all in, I cleaned them all up. Uh, last week I had a bit of a slower work week, so I kind of co-opted some time, um, at the beginning and the end of the day and just scanned stuff, photoshopped it, cleaned it up, did like the, the healing brushes and adjusted the layers and then slowly started going down the rabbit hole of, um, like how to scan and photograph your art for prints and how, and that whole thing. And that was just a very long deep dive that ended up producing more questions than answers. All right. Ultimately, um, which I'm a little frustrated at, but, and then I, so I got that page done added to the website. So it's, it's still pretty rudimentary in, in terms of what's on there. Like there's still no, um, industrial design related stuff on it. It's just those two kind of series of artworks. Um, but I'm proud that I've got it up finally after a pretty, uh, extensive procrastination period, I would call it. Um, and then I started adding like slowly building out a shop and I'm like, Oh, cause I Squarespace has that functionality, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, I'll, I'll put up that little sticker, like the Kang, the original Kangasaur sticker, as a as a test, um, and then just started my. And that was when I started to lose focus, and my brain just went down a deep dive of, oh, you need a version of this sticker, and then this version of it, and this version of it, and you could also do this, and then I just ended up scribbling on the back of my sketchbook for about ten minutes, just word vomiting all these different ideas and uh yeah it ended up ended up creating more work for myself than i mm. started out with which is the the common trope that i run into when dealing with this website but i feel like i'm slowly making progress on it i haven't done anything in about a week on it at this rate but um like last wednesday or thursday i think it was the last time i touched it but i f- i am content to put tiny little bits in every few days in hopes that, you know, in a year's time that there's a lot more to it than what currently is. Yeah, for sure. So don't need to dump everything at once. No. And that's the thing is I don't have everything to dump either. Mm -hmm. It's made me realize that I haven't necessarily done a good job of documenting everything even if I like documenting like the sticker, for example, I thought, well, do I have photos of the sticker? Turns out I have like two photos 
of the sticker actually being used on something. And it's a crappy, like beat up version of the sticker. Like, well, I'll use it for now, but it's definitely not the best example that I could have used. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so I had to like fake a sticker mock-up basically just in Illustrator, which was pretty quick, but it made me realize how much extra stuff I actually needed to do for the way that I would like to do it. Um, having like a little product number, like a SC001 for like that, the t-shirt or the long sleeve shirt that I, that I made for you guys is one thing. And then call the sticker SC002 and everything having its own kind of unique, distinct thing. Mm. Um, yeah, my brain just starts going off the wall with all that kind of stuff. And then I slowly get paralyzed by thought from there on out. So just take baby steps with it, I think, is uh, yeah, you have to. Is the goal. Otherwise, you end up like where I'm at, where it's just like too many ideas. And you, you look, you think about it and you're like, oh, I don't know where to stop, start. Maybe I just, maybe I just leave that for a while. And then you just, yeah, <laughs> never get to it. It's just yeah. like a daunting thing because there's like so many ideas bouncing around. And it's a tough spot to be in because like I would be more than happy to just sit down and just do all of them. But you've got to pick a point to start. But also but by by choosing to, to do one thing, call it designing a handful of stickers on the iPad or something. That's time that I can't spend doing other stuff for the website that I may still want to do. Mm. And it's that I found is a hard kind of thing to, to pick and choose between is what's the most important thing to work on or what do I need the most at the moment? And there's no, there's no clear or simpler, easy answer for it. It's, it's more or less whatever I decide to do. Yeah. Um, but there's always that like small feeling of guilt of moving one thing forward. But if one thing is moving forward, there's a lot of other things that are not being pushed ahead. And that's frustrating at times Yeah, to, uh, to deal with. No, I feel it. That's where like, like I keep telling myself like team time trial, like I've got the little uh, field notes for like mm-hmm. all the ideas and everything. But it's figuring out like where to start or like how to like funnel all these ideas into like the first one. <laughs> yes. And then like I'm being happy with that decision and then just being okay, this is the place I'll start. Screw it, let's just start and then go from here. Mm-hmm. But like actually like doing that without like spiraling, like you were saying, is is hard. Like Otherwise, you just start yeah. thinking like, oh, like I'll get halfway through doing something, and then it's like, well, actually, what if it was like this, and then there's like this variation, and like this, and then I could do this like this, and you know, it just and you feel compelled to do all of them at the same time, mm-hmm. which is effectively impossible. You you just can't. Yeah, it's impossible, but it's hard like to accept that. You don't want to forget but anything. Yeah. You don't want to like, you know, get out of the groove. You don't want to like. Mm-hmm miss it like for me it's always come up with one iteration of something and then i have all those other ideas and i'm like okay i should probably go with this one because this like seems like 
probably the best decision right now. But I'm like, yeah, but what if like the other one's better? What if that's the better one to go with? Or mm. this one, or this one, or maybe it's a version of this one. <laughs> you know, and it's... Yeah, that is hard. Yeah. That is hard. And I had kind of somewhat adjacent to that with the watercolor paintings that I, so I scanned them all in and I scanned them all really high at like 600 DPI because I knew I was going to be cropping them and doing a bunch of like cleaning up of stuff um, in the digital file, like in Photoshop to export it as a JPEG for the sake of the website. But also if I did want to make prints of it, I have like a high res scan that I can manipulate. But in in doing that high res scan, it also picks up the detail from the paper, which is not a smooth flat paper. It's rough textured yeah. watercolor paper. And I had I had, had a a good little debate with myself of do I erase the texture from the outside of the image and clean it up as best I can in the paint and do it that way? Do I leave the texture in? Do I mask it and just make it completely desaturated so there's no like hints of blue in the shadows or anything? It's just pure gray values. Do I just leave it as is? Do I really try and accentuate the texture? Do I try and minimize it as much as possible without totally destroying the rest of the image? And I had one, I had, I took one canvas basically and just made multiple art, multiple artboards of one image um, and just tried out all these different techniques and ended up going back to the, like the very first idea that I had, which was leaving it in, not doing anything with it and just, keeping it as subtle as possible. Um, but there's probably like four or five different versions, probably spent the better part of like 90 minutes trying to do that and figure it out. Um, which was a little frustrating cause I didn't know if I wasn't sure like what the best, the cat just decides. I'm just going to walk right over <laughs> top of the microphone. My thinking behind that whole thing was if I'm doing this, um, I know that it's watercolor paper and I can say that it's watercolor on like the page description or the gallery description or whatever it is. But is someone going to see like the, the finish quality and say, oh, it's a, it's a low quality scan because like, look at all this texture, look at all this texture that I can see. Is that going to like muddy up the image? And I'm, I still look at it and, and second guess myself and say, yeah, maybe I should change it. Maybe I should just tweak some stuff or try something totally different. Um, it's tough. It's hard. Yeah. It's the, it's not the hard thing, things that I expected. It's, it's stuff like that, like down to the, the fit and finish of the, of the scan. Like, does this look like it is a professional level scan or does this look like it's just a iPhone photo out of a sketchbook that's just been cropped? Right. And like, I don't want to, I don't want it to have a kitschy quality, but I still want it to be authentic to what it originally was, which I still don't know. Yeah. I was just about to say like, it'd be nice to just leave all the texture in there because mm -hmm. that's what the original is like. But then I know what you mean. Like, how do you do that? nicely make it look professional and not just like a picture of a sketchbook 
Mm-hmm. Do you know? Do you know how like other people do it? I've I've looked. Do they just have like really gnarly scanners where it'll just like pick up, you know, the art itself, and then the paper? I think some I people know. do. I think some people do, but it looks it just. It's almost hard to describe. Oh, my headphones are going to die soon. I think whenever my headphones die, we're just going to have to call it as is because I don't have any extra, another set. Um, Fair enough. I did have an example that I was referencing. Um, But a lot of the stuff that I have referenced is digital artwork that has been uh, like done on an iPad or in Photoshop and any of the textures are um, like simulated. It's like a simulated watercolor texture, which feels very different than uh, normal, like actual watercolor sketch. Um, And one thing that I've been kind of toying with in the last little bit is setting up like a photo studio type space and photographing the paintings with a little bit of like the indication of a background behind it. And so it's not just a photo of a print, but it's, it's, it's not just a scan, but it's, it's an actual, it becomes a piece of photography in addition to being capturing the artwork. Um, and I think in that context, I can exemplify a bit more uh, grittiness, for lack of a better term, in the photo without yeah. it seeming poor quality, because then it looks, I can have it look well staged and well put together and well composed. Um, but aside from that, uh, I'm just not content with the way it's sitting at the moment. Mm. Um, but there's this one. Oh, I'm blanking on the name, but she does like watercolor art. I'm trying to see if I can find the website here on my tabs, but I don't think I can. Um, no, I'm not going to be able to find it here, but she's just taking scans of watercolor paintings, but I've got effectively a full white background. Hmm for each of the Kangasaurs, whereas all of her watercolor paintings might be framed in white. So there might be like a little white border around it, but everything else is, is filled in. Right. And so that's where I'm uh, annoyed at myself of not doing just like a, even just a bit of like a textured gray wash behind everything as like a bit of a background just for the sake of like using that space. Mm. Um, So who knows, maybe I'll, maybe that's something that I do in Photoshop and can just erase it from on top of the actual artwork just to kind of hide some things and yeah, see what it looks like. Yeah. And I've got like total creative control with it. I wonder if I can share my screen. You can do that in discord, can't you? Yeah. All right. Let's see. And I'll see, see if you can actually get, um, like kind of see what I mean. All right. You can see that there. Yes. Yes. 
So I'm going to go to the work page. And I've got. I like the green. I like the green. Thank you. Oh. Is it showing the yeah. Kangasaur Animalia screen? Yes. So like you can see, so there's like the top four up here, but then the one on the right, whatever I did to the levels of it, the background is slightly lighter than everything yeah, else. Yeah, it's way more white. Yeah. And it's one of the few that stands out, but this guy here in the middle, the fire lizard stands out a little bit. Hmm. So let's click on... Let's just click on this one. But you see what I mean in the background? It. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out like, like what I would do in that, in the situation as well. Like, do you leave the background with the texture? But I, but I also know what you mean where like, does it look like, Oh, it's just a photo of a sketchbook. Yeah. I like I but I don't know how you'd go around that other than complete other than completely editing it where you just take the background out. Yeah. Which with these ones, yeah. this was a lot easier because it was just black and white on Bristol. And mm. so there's like there's no texture to it at all. You just tweak the levels a little bit and then it's a pure white image. See, I personally like how those look on the screen more. Mm -hmm. I would I would maybe try and take the the background out of the others mm -hmm. take the texture just to see what it looks like because I like how clear these look like maybe it's just because the screen's small that I can see but it, it almost looks like digitally drawn yeah because it's be. so clean like on the website it's like right on like just a flat white background it looks more mm -hmm. digital it looks like really clean like that was always one thing that like bothered me about my website and my portfolio was when you're throwing images in if you're doing like a really cool like you know say it's like the the cover page or the cover of the portfolio or like the title page of like each project like when you're doing yes. like like oh this is you know a brp project um and it's like, uh, it's like the first spread page or the first page of that project. And you might have like, depending on the design of your portfolio, maybe the whole page is like one big image, right? And then you mm -hmm. have like the text of the title, like overlaid over it or something. I like it how that looks anyways. Um, or you have like, uh, you know, sometimes they do like kind of a teaser image where they, they just take like a cropped section of it. I know like mm -hmm. you see a lot of those in like the auto um, portfolios. The auto portfolios. Um, but what I always found that I hated in my portfolio and website was when you're not dealing with full bleed images, like mm -hmm. where the whole page is an image or the most page is an image and you're dealing with lots of smaller images, is some of them like whether it was just if it was like a photo like I remember this one when it was the um, some of the uh, chroma pictures and some of my thesis when I took I didn't some of the uh, ideation sketches I didn't scan I took a picture of. Oh, I remember those. And, I, I remember seeing those. And 
the lighting in which I took the pictures where it was nowhere near nice enough and then trying to fix that in Photoshop because of the color marker I used on the paper to get the background oh. more white and more vibrant where it looked better, it basically just vanished. Like the actual line work just vanished. And so it was way more like yellowy on the screen. Oh. And then like you see like this white background of like a website page or a portfolio page. And then just these little images that are like so different, like like the hue is just so different. The temperature is so much different. Oh. And the texture is so much different. And it looked like it looked like a student portfolio. Like it looked a bit shit, you know? It looks like someone who doesn't know how to take photos of their sketches. Yeah, it just didn't look so so I I can see what you mean when it comes to doing that. Like I I I do like those other ones that you showed though, where it's just like a white background. Just the clean scan. Just the clean. Yeah. Yeah. Now I don't I know do how too. hard that's gonna be to try and get rid of the <laughs> texture of the background. I don't know, but yeah. yeah, I don't know either. The, my second thought was to like go through those mock-ups that we have in those folders and yeah, have a secondary photo of it where like if you're clicking through it as like a gallery, the main image that shows up on the web page is just the just the painting, but when you click into it, it's showing you an image in context or in situ in like a little frame or something yeah maybe i think i would do the other way around though the first image being mm. the mock-up because when i would uh post like my uh posters on instagram i kind of copied how i saw everyone else i follow do posters where they would do like the mock-up first or you know it's like a slightly smaller version of the image where you still got like the black around the edge. So it kind of blends in with the Instagram. Like, well, sorry if you're on dark mode, like me, it blends in with yes. the whole background <laughs> of everything. Mm -hmm. And then you swipe and the next image is like the full, just like full bleed image of like what you'd see in like, you know, Photoshop or illustrator, but they would have like the mock-up first and then you scroll and then you see like just the work. Um, Right, because I think I, see. I think that would I there's definitely if if you look through the mockups that big mockup pack if you don't find anything I can always take a look because I know for sure I have like uh, poster mockups that aren't like big mm -hmm. posters but they use a frame uh, um, like yes. say like eighteen by twenty four inch frame or something. Um, mm -hmm. So I can I can have a look and I can send you them because those work good. And if you just used like you had one that was kind of a neutral background and just like a frame, you pick like a black frame or whatever. You mm -hmm. could do that um, for each image on the site then. That would be nice. So it's just like it's, and it looks framed. So at first you'd probably look at it and be like, holy shit, he framed all these like these are pictures of frame. And then, you know. Cause they look good. The then you look into it. Yeah. And then when you click on it, like you said, you'd have like the first image be the mock-up and then the in situ. And then you scroll to the next one. And that's just like the work on its own. Just the pure artwork. Yeah. Cause I mm. think too, depending on how, how big the mock-up file is, if you bring the image in a lot of the mock-ups are the good mock-ups anyways, it'll have like layers, um, 
adding like refraction, uh, reflection, <laughs> refraction, refraction. I was going to say <laughs> refraction and reflection. And I said reflection. Uh, but they both work reflections and like glossy overlays to make it look like there's glass. Oh, I see. Yeah. Cause it would still, it's behind glass in a frame behind glass in a frame or some of that. Yeah. Or a piece of plastic or something. Um, mm. and a lot of them play with the lighting too. Like if, if it's like a scene where, you know, it looks like it's a frame on a wall next to a window. So like the sun's coming through or something like that. Right. Some yeah. of them, like they'll have so many layers of things going on that if you put the image in, you might actually lose some of that texture anyways, just by throwing it into the mock-up. Mm. Like it True. won't look as like um, noticeable unless you like open the image full and like zoomed in. And it may add to the sense of realism too, because even if you get like a canvas print from like Vista Print or Costco or something, those things still have texture in them too. Yeah. But it's like a it's a texture you almost don't notice. Mm-hmm. It's like when when a digital photo looks too clean and you add grain to it because it's. It's too crisp and it's too sharp. You intentionally yeah. want to kind of muddy it up. Yeah. It's almost it's almost the inverse of it here where we're intentionally using something that's got a bit of crunch to it. Yeah. Exactly. And if you're mm. worried there was too much texture showing through, I'm sure, like I said, once you put it into the mock-up, it might kind of get rid of a little bit of it. Yeah. Possibly. Uh, if you're worried about like the texture of the paper showing through a lot. I'm going to have to look, look through those mock-ups because I'm... I'm pretty sure there's something that's usable in I'm that. I'm pretty sure there's some in there. If not though, I've got I've got a lot of poster mockups, right? Sure. So Sure. And like frames and stuff like that. So um or even like like open books and magazines. Oh yeah. As well. Um in case you wanted to show them like that. So like if you ever want to do like to make it look like you've got a book of all these prints. Oh, that's a, just a good idea in general. So I do have mock-ups that would work for that as well. So I can, I'll have to go through and I send you those because those would work well with that, I think. Yeah, that sounds cool. I like that. Yeah. Those you see, cool. and now that's got me, my brain rolling on like a bunch of other ideas where like I bought this, uh, I bought a, a watercolor sketchbook from Michael's on Black Friday and it's, six it's eight 18 by 12 by 18 i think and my intent was that it's 30 there's 30 pages in it in total and each page i can turn into four six by nine paintings which is i think a perfect size for that's like the size of things that i'm doing and that's 120 different paintings mm. in that one book if I'm only, if I'm sticking with four per page, which is my intent. Um, but then the idea of scanning all those and then turning that into just like a, a flip through book, that's just also a very endearing idea. Or um, uh, do you remember? I don't know if I've ever even brought this guy up before, but his name's Greg Crayola Simkins. I don't think so. Okay, he is. I came across him on YouTube years ago um, and he's got a really great YouTube channel. Um, I'll put a link to his website in the chat. 
but he kind of grew up a bit as a graffiti writer. Um, and like his graffiti name was Crayola. And then now he's doing kind of a lot more fine art type paintings. Um, but he does it all in acrylic too, even though it, everything looks like it's done in oil. It's all acrylic. Oh, wow. Um, and it's pretty nutty stuff. Like it's very complex. Um, but he, every, I think it's like every year, every other year he puts out a book, which is scans from his sketchbook. And so the entire book is just effectively compilations of different, um, sketchbook pages and like napkin type drawings. Mm. Um, and I'd, I'd eventually, I'd, I thought about doing something like that with uh, my old industrial design sketches just to have everything in one kind of chunk of portfolio without having to actually take up 500, 700 pages of actual paper in real life. I could shrink a lot of stuff down and have it in a, in a smaller print form. Um, but going back through my old sketchbooks for like concept ideas and stuff. I think doing that would be making a sketchbook, an actual book book type thing like that would be, would be pretty interesting. Like showing just the evolution of ideas um, and different things. And see, this is where I run into trouble because I get started thinking about that. And then I go and I, I spend a couple hours to try and start that. And then I get distracted by something else, mm. go and do something else. Need to re-listen to that Ash Thorpe episode with his friend. I forget what his friend's name was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Need to just dive back into that. Get a get a coaching call with Ash Thorpe. Honestly, that would be nice. Well, again, I'll see if I can find that mock-up with like some of the mock-ups where they're open books and things. Because you could yeah, always do that at cool. least to like start maybe. Yeah, take some of your sketches. Yeah, and just toss them in there, and you just see like three of them, kind of in a book. And say, yeah, I like that. Whether, yeah, that would be a good way to capture the essence of whether or not that's the thing I want to spend the next month or so investing all my time in. Yeah, just because I may not see what it looks like and be like, oh, this looks cool. Just seeing and just seeing the image may be enough of a dopamine hit that I say, okay. I'm fine. I saw what I wanted to see, yeah. but I don't want to actually make it. Exactly. Yeah. Or I may see it and say, okay, I'm going to stay up late and just do this thing now because now I'm really excited about it. Mm -hmm. It's a, it is a tricky thing. It is a fickle thing, the brain. Yeah. It's, but. it's, it's nice having the mock-up series because they're quick enough to like get an idea out. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, like way back when we were doing like our process podcast, like wrapped, right? And instead oh, of trying yes. to like design the whole thing from scratch and being like, fuck, how do I want this to look? I found that like brochure mock up and just started mm -hmm. like putting stuff into it. And because how they work with all the smart objects, you can just do something, save it, and then like, like save the smart object that you've edited, go back to the main file, and it's like instantly saved and uploaded. So you can keep on going back and forth and seeing like every adjustment you do, right. And how it looks in mm -hmm. like a, in a mock-up, like how it looks in situ, right. Like how it looks yeah. 
if it was real, what it would look like. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice, quick, like proof of concept and like a good way to let your mind go crazy and test stuff, you know? Yeah. That's why I still got to get Adobe stuff on my PC up and running because I want to see how beastly it handles it, but also the new versions of like Photoshop and Illustrator where Photoshop's mm. got the generative fill and then Illustrator's got that the mock-up tool. Yeah. I want to play around with that because that seems nuts. You know. Oh, my headphones just died. Oh, shit. Rip. Now I can't hear anything. Uh-oh. Rip, rip. One second. I'm going to try something. It may work. I'm not sure. Another old pair of headphones. An ancient pair. Not entirely confident that it will. Let's see. Where's the little. Oh, that's got to go in via USB-C. I wonder if. This will work now. I may have to change my audition. Settings. Hello, sir. Oh, I can hear you. Yeah. I can hear you, actually, yeah. But I just can't hear myself, which is not a Yeah, problem. I was going to say, it's very quiet as well, but... Oh, is it? it is, I wonder did if you, it's using You might have to change the audio, though. It, it might be coming out of your laptop or something. Or, like, uh, maybe it's not come through the headphones into Discord. Test, test. But I wonder, changing it, does it, does it end the audition file? Somehow the audition file is still going. Okay, interesting. But uh, let's see, where's that? There's like a little microphone thing. That might explain why it was oh, quiet because it was on top of my hat. Right. Oh, now you got like the the Zoom meeting mic, the mic quality. Hell yeah. It <laughs> it should. Yeah. I wonder. I'm curious if whether where it's going to go through. We'll go for a few more minutes. Allow you to finish your thought, but I wouldn't want to do the whole yeah, remaining no. twenty minutes in it if it's going to sound like it's yeah. coming through a potato. No, it's okay. We can we can finish up. I was just saying, like, yeah, I want I want to I need to get working with that new like mock-up tool in Illustrator and stuff. Oh yeah, I haven't. I've seen it because like I have it for through work. But yeah. I haven't used it myself. Cause like you could, you could like take a picture of your sketchbook, like open, but a blank page, mm-hmm. and then create a mockup out of that, and like oh, take stuff and put a it out of it. Yeah, that's what it, you can just take a picture of something. Like the example I saw uh, maybe a month ago now was someone was doing like a mug mock-up and they just got a bl- their blank mug on a ta- on their desk, took a picture of it, brought it into Illustrator, and you go like object, mock-up, make, or whatever tab it's oh. under, and it will make that into a mock-up and then you just bring your design over it and it'll automatically like wrap it to the shape and make it look like totally real. Wow. Okay, now so I just, wish I've... Yeah, I'd so you can just like... Sooner. You can just make like mock-ups like instantly out of what? just out of like 2d images because it's the same as the photoshop generative fill i'm pretty sure it uses like ai right so it's yeah it's like i don't know how well the image you take has to be like 
I would, I, I would imagine that the, the object you're trying to make a mock-up, you need center in the frame and nothing mm -hmm. much else around it. But yeah, it looks really cool. Looks I've really done cool. the, I've used generative, I use generative fill quite a bit, honestly, because it's for mostly for the photos that we get with work. We just want to change like really small things mm -hmm. or like remove a truck from the background of a photo that's like in front of a house. So just circle the truck and say like, what would this look like if there like was get no rid truck of truck here? or whatever? Yeah. yeah like get yeah. rid of the truck and replace with the background context of the house that's behind it. And like seven times out of 10, it's a useful thing. Yeah. Like it's a useful result, but sometimes it's just dumb and doesn't work. Where yeah. one photo we had a, like a, a construction field. So it was just dirt and like rocks and stuff. I selected the entire area and said, replace this with a grassy field. Probably 20 to 30 times. This thing did not know what a grassy field was. <laughs> I tried so many different ways of saying grassy field, rolling grassy hills, lush green grass, artificial turf, everything. Nothing worked. It just started to put cars in there, buildings in front of it. It was bizarre. Yeah. But uh, I also don't, I haven't really like studied how to properly use those programs the generative fill thing either so it, it is what it is honestly yeah. yeah i gotta learn with it see what it's like mm -hmm. i will try better. making making some of my own mock-ups though because that sounds really interesting yeah I, I gotta play around with it and see for sure maybe watch a video or two to see exactly how to get it to work properly but it looked pretty simple to me and it looked really good really effective mm. so are you gonna dive into the uh productize yourself thing next week yeah i'm hoping so week. yeah hopefully this week hopefully it shouldn't be as busy at work like mm. we're in a decent spot with the next model so i'm nice i'm hoping i won't have to stay late so i will have some time to do that nice i'm excited too so yeah, yeah i'm excited i'm looking forward to that I'm looking forward to hearing about it it's made me think of like even just having you doing like buying the course and I've, I've been listening to a few more art related podcasts in the last week or so. Um, and I, I, it was Justine's birthday last week. And one of the presents that I got her was a like bespoke drawn Kangasaur thing mm. where she's really into like mushroomy fairy wood type stuff. Um, little nature thing. So mm. I did a little Kangasaur drawn out of that and first time i've used copic markers in a long time and pencil crayons and everything um and it turned out pretty i was really i was quite content with how it turned out um i thought oh that could be a thing of like commissioned bespoke kangasaur illustrations on behalf of myself as and that could be an offering where in addition to like original pieces of work, whatever those end up being of um, it's almost like getting like a, like you commission a piece of artwork, but 
it's it's got this underlying theme of it centered around this Kangasaur character, but mm. you get to put in these various prompts and whatnot that makes it your own and then can illustrate that and have a bit of that custom commissioned artist relationship. And that was always something that I wanted to to do and or be as a kid. So this might be my selfish way of getting to the bottom of that. Hell yeah. So that might be something I offer on the, and or offer and or put on the website in the, uh, why not? You never know. You never know. Crazier things have happened. You never know. Absolutely. All right. And in lieu of me sounding like a potato too much longer, (laughs) we'll wrap this bad boy up and, uh, hope that it, hope that the audio is coming through the right thing, but I have no way to tell of what is going into audition or not. So, um, it all looks okay, but it's looked okay before when it's come through the laptop and that was just not a fun time. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, if you enjoyed this episode or found anything, uh, even remotely useful, uh, send us an email to hide at the process podcast. Uh, at gmail.com you can also send us an email to hi at bigdesigncompany.com and visit our website www.bigdesigncompany.com you can also check out zach's website at zachwatson.com z-a-k-w-a-t-s-o-n.com and you can go to my website which is dylantorville.com or strangekangastudios.com it's a lot of websites that we got it's a lot his and uh zach watson yes sir what is our instagram the process underscore underscore podcast beautiful ladies and gentlemen thank you so very much for listening we will see you next tuesday peace